Thank you, Pastor Andy. Was that a uh, Pandy original? I wish. Oh, you wish? Okay, well, <laughs> you made it your own. How about that? We'll call it that way. Two weeks ago, we uh, began uh, introducing the uh, Love Like Jesus uh, new church goal and vision. Uh, we also mentioned that we have a box still. So when you see someone loving like Jesus, you can come get a, a card here, fill it out, put it in the box. We do check the box. It's got a little lock, so it's not something that everybody's going to be uh, snooping at. And, uh, or the other option is to uh, get your wristband out. 18 days, Myron. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. Uh, uh, love like Jesus. And the wristband gives you the web address. I got to tell you, you guys are doing pretty good on on uh, using the web address. We had uh, lots of uh, uh, folks who spotted love in action, the love of Jesus going on in and around, and uh, you sent a bunch of stuff in. By the way, if you didn't get a wristband or if you'd like another one or you'd like one to give away, you got the white bucket, you got the blue bucket. Uh, that's, that's all there is, folks. Uh, so uh, again, come and get that if you're interested. Uh, here's uh, some of the reports you were loving like Jesus, and actually the first one got spotted by two different people, but here's what the email said. Uh, I spotted a second grader. His name was Jake Stahl, and Jake was loving on an Awana classmate, making him feel included, uh, helping him out like an older brother, taking him under his wing, and I saw a lot of loving like Jesus in Jake Stahl. So, uh, well done, Jake Stahl. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Second email that I'm going to share. We just got too many to share. That's the good news. Uh, someone was having an awful week. They had such a bad migraine, they wound up going to the ER. And someone brought over a gift bag, included some specialty to help with some migraine headaches. And I just want to say, well done, Marilyn Reinach. Uh, she's a, a, a very good, loving, like Jesus person. She's always making blankets and stuff. So, uh, Marilyn, uh, you were spotted loving like Jesus, so keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah. Third email, uh, someone said they're so grateful for, a, for uh, someone who prepares dinner for my family on Wednesday nights. And here's why that's so important to us. Uh, both mom and dad work full-time, and they volunteer in Awana, and there's just no time to go and make dinner before Awana starts. So they said, uh, I'm grateful, and I see a whole lot of loving like Jesus in Terry Redmer, who uh, uh, helps us with dinner every time. So Terry, uh, thank you for loving like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And one more. Fourth, uh, this was a picture that was submitted, loving like Jesus in action. And they said, this is what I think Jesus and loving him looks like. That's Chris Evans there on the floor teaching our four- and five-year-old class. And I would tend to agree. That, that is a good picture of someone loving like Jesus. So Chris Evans, well done. Well done. Yeah. See, we want to keep celebrating people who are loving like Jesus, and we want to keep showing you what it looks like so that uh, as you celebrate, you say, oh, I think I'm, I'm starting to get it. Uh, hopefully, then you'll want to join in, and you'll want to be part of the action. So, again, continue. I continue to ask for you to 
be a part of our uh, undercover spy, uh, spotting people loving like Jesus, CIA, right? Uh, loving like Jesus. Scott, can you be a part of the CIA? You're watching, right? Uh, and when you spy, put it in the box or send it to the email, and we want to keep celebrating. Uh, lots of love goes on in this place. And someone said, well, you guys already, yeah, but again, are we going to be satisfied with a B or a B plus? Uh, do you think Jesus is saying, oh, you're getting a B, that's okay. Because uh, the truth is, if you're getting a B and you're not working at it, what will happen over time? You'll be a C student, and in, and in it, anyway, we don't want to go there. Uh, we are in week number two of our journey through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Uh, we are using the story uh, that is uh, a book that we have available. Guess what? We have a hundred more available today. Five bucks out in um, the foyer, uh, off to the left-hand side. Got a hundred. I, I would encourage you, don't be a procrastinator, or you're going to be buying your own on Amazon or CBD or somewhere, because uh, eventually we're going to say, uh, okay, we've, we've bought 600 now, 700. Uh, you're going to be on your own if you, if you keep procrastinating. So I would encourage you, make your way back there. And uh, this is the NIV Bible in its own words, short transitions to connect the continuing story, events, uh, characters, teaching of the Bible arranged in chronological order. Uh, if you can't afford one of the stories, tell them back at the table, Pastor Jeff's buying me a book, okay? So I mean that. No one's saying, I, I get one, but I can't afford it. Go back. If you can't afford it, tell them I'm buying you a book, and uh, I will. I'll do just that. Last week, we covered chapter 1, which was creation, uh, Genesis 1 to 11, pages 1 to 12. Today, we are in chapter 2, God Builds a Nation, that covers Genesis 12 to 36, pages 13 to 27. Uh, how long does that take? Well, it depends how quick of a reader you are. Um, could be 10 minutes if you're fairly quick. Could be 20 minutes if you are a little more um, methodical in your reading. Let me say it that way. Uh, so, uh, again, I think uh, most of us in 20 minutes easily. So for an entire week worth of reading, 20 minutes that's pretty cool, and we're going to cover Genesis to Revelation. Uh, so we're uh, chapter 1 last week, chapter 2 today. What do you suppose next week's going to be? Chapter 3. And that will be Joseph. That's pages 29 to 42. Um, and by the way, Cal Prins has done a fabulous job creating questions that go along with each week. So uh, if you're in your small group, you got uh, the table out there. He's got a stack of them back there. Even if you're not in a small group, this is a great time to join a small group right now because we're just starting up a brand new series. But uh, you might want to grab up uh, a copy of the questions. Really good stuff. Thank you, Kel, for your hard work. Uh, last week, chapter 1, in the beginning, God created, say it with me, the heavens and the earth. Yes. God Almighty created the universe. He, he created out of nothing the billions of galaxies. And in each of those galaxies there are billions of stars. And we saw last week, wow, what, a, what an awesome creator of the universe our God, our Jesus is. Because Colossians 1 said that Jesus is the one who was behind all of creation. And only Jesus is awesome. Anybody get slapped this week? 
I heard a few of you were slapping each other. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, that's, re that's reminding them, yeah. Uh, but we saw last week that God created this awesome planet we know, this amazing world we call Earth, so that he could know us and be with us and have a relationship with us. Just one problem, what happened last week. There was only one rule in the garden, right? Don't touch this one tree. And what happened with that one rule? It was broken, uh, disobeyed, the only rule in the garden, and the spiritual virus of selfishness and sin was unleashed on all of mankind. So all of us now have been infected with this virus called sin, transmitted to us, all of us as Adam's offspring. Nobody gets to avoid this sin nature that came our way. Uh, then God started over, right? He said, uh, I'm going I'm to take a mulligan, and he starts over with this guy named Noah, the best, most righteous man on earth, right after he gets off the boat. You remember what happens? There's this drunken nakedness, ugliness stuff going on. It's almost as if God is announcing, well, uh, in case you didn't get it, in case it wasn't clear, the best, most righteous human alive, that's not the answer. That's not going to be God's answer to restoring his relationship with us. Today we're going to look at God's plan. If it's not going to be a human, uh, what is going to be God's plan? And God's plan is to build and create a brand new nation. The Lord will reveal his plans, his word, his son, through a nation, through his chosen people. Now, if you were God, and you're looking around the earth, and now you're looking for a couple to begin your nation with, what are you going to be looking for? Think about it. What kind of qualities are you going to want in a couple that is going to be the bearers and the beginners of your new nation? I think most of us would say, well, I, I think maybe you'd want this really young, vibrant, good-looking couple. You know, somebody like Brad and Angelina. No, that's not going to last. So in Genesis chapter 12, you can turn here with me, uh, the Lord chooses a man named Abram uh, and his wife, Sarah. Uh, here's the deal. Abram was 75 years old, and Sarah was 65 years old. So think with me now. Uh, God chooses a couple who already have their AARP cards for like 25 years. Okay? They're already monthly getting their Social Security checks in the mail every week. And, and you're thinking, really, God? Really? That's who you're going to start with? And if choosing a 75-year-old man and a 65-year-old woman isn't wild enough, Sarah is way past menopause, and it's even worse than that. She's never had children. She's what they called back then barren. Probably not a politically correct term today, but God's Word says that she had never had children. They call it she was barren. Oh, and one more thing. Joshua 24, verses 2 and 3. You can write that down, look it up later. But it says that Abram and Sarai were idol worshipers. That's interesting, isn't it? So God chose 
this 75-year-old, 65-year-old couple who were idol worshipers living in a land a thousand miles away from the promised land. <laughs> Anyone here 75 and willing to admit it? 75 or older? Yeah, there you go, Peter. I like that. Good. Okay, so now just imagine, Peter, the Lord comes to you and says, uh, I want you to pick up, I want you to go, and I want you to leave this place that you've lived all 75 years. And then you would say, well, uh, where am I going? And the Lord says, um, trust me, <laughs> I'll show you. Uh, you just get walking, and as you go, I'll lead you, and I'll get you to this very special place, and I'm going to build in you a great nation and all the world will be blessed through you. That's the promise. But now he just has to pick up everything he knows and goes. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about this event. Uh, Hebrews 11 says they dug deep, they believed God, and they went for it. They left the comfort of family and the familiar, and they trusted the Lord's promise. And they went. In Genesis chapter 16, turn there now, uh, 10 years now they've lived in Canaan and there still are no children. Now if you're going to start a nation, it just makes sense. It's about time to start popping out some kids, don't you agree? Uh, you, you said, Lord, you're going to start a nation through myself and my bride, but uh, now I'm 85 and now she's 75. So why would the Lord choose to start to build his nation through a 75, then an 85-year-old pagan man, and then wait another 10 years, and then I'm going to tell you he's going to wait another 5 years after that. Uh, so now they're 85, 75, and, and why do you think the Lord chose to do it that way? Give me your eyes. Because the Lord wanted everyone to know when they look at God's chosen nation, it didn't happen because of the energy and the strength of the founders. It wasn't because they were all that amazing and special and energetic. Matter of fact, they were like the least qualified, wouldn't you agree? They, they, they were weak and they were old and, and the Lord wanted everybody to know this, this didn't start because of Abraham and Sarah. This, this nation wasn't founded because they were so amazing and so uniquely qualified. That's not why God chose them. He wanted everybody to know this is God at work here. God made this nation to begin. God is up to something here. God is doing stuff that only He can do. His plan, His purpose is going to reclaim mankind. And He's going to use these weak people to start and begin his nation. Um, Sarah now is getting a little impatient. She's uh, 75, and now she's saying, you know, we really got to get going. If we're really going to be the, uh, the founders of this nation, we need to get moving. So she decides she's going to help God out. And here's what she says. Hey, Abe, I've got this young servant girl, Hagar, you know, she makes men slacks part-time for us. Um, why don't you, why don't you, Abe, have sexual relationship with her? Why don't you just go in the tent, have sex, and you can have babies, and she'll be our surrogate mother. 
to which what should have Abraham said? <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> really bad idea. Uh, I appreciate your, your thinking outside the box, but, but instead, uh, Abraham doesn't argue. It's like, I'll take one for the team. Okay, here I go. And goes right into the tent and, and listens. Um, and you need to know, the Lord is very clear here. I, I don't need your help. Matter of fact, you made things worse. Uh, because you're right, Ishmael, the son that was born of this relationship, was the father of a nation. And we know today he was the father, the founder of the Arab nations, in case you didn't know that, uh, which is the foundation on which Islam and the Muslim peoples are built. So her trying to help out God and Abraham going along with it, bad idea. God didn't need their help. Matter of fact, it caused great problems. Uh, Thirteen years pass. Abraham is now 99 years old. Sarah is 89, and the Lord says, now it's clear, uh, it's about time we can have a baby now because this is something only God could do. Would you not agree? 100-year-old man, 90-year-old woman, uh, no one would agree that this is possible, but God delivers on his promise, and I like that picture. Don't they look old there? Because I like that because it's like, whoa, that, that, that's not right. Uh, maybe for great-grandparents, but not for the parents. But uh, that's exactly what happened. God delivers on his promise. And God changes Abram's name to Abraham. Abram means father. Abraham means father of many. Isn't that good? Father of many. Uh, Sarai means princess. Sarah means queen. So she goes from princess to queen. And Isaac, any of you know what's the word Isaac mean? Anybody? Laughter. Yeah. So every time we look at you, we're going we're gonna to laugh. Why laughter? Well, you'd laugh too if you were 100 years old and you were uh, a father and you were 90 years old and you were the mother. We're going to spend the rest of our time today uh, in a specific section now. Turn to Genesis chapter 22. If you've got the story with you, that's page 19. Would you stand with me if you're able, please? We're going to read about this incredible test that the Lord has in mind for Abraham to take. We'll read the first eight verses out loud together. Here we go. Let's read. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham... Here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering 
and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for uh, recording for us uh, your plan for redeeming the world. And thank you, Lord, that we get to read now about this incredible test that uh, you had for the founder of your chosen people. Lord, help us to uh, learn today as we study this test. Lord, help us to realize that Abram was weak and unqualified and ordinary. The truth is, Lord, he's an awful lot like us. It's amazing that you use people like that to accomplish your plans. Lord, I pray that you might speak clearly and loudly to our hearts and our minds. You know where each of us are at. We're all at different places in, in our lives, different, different distractions, different temptations. But Lord, would you come right now and speak clearly? Use your word, use the power of your spirit. Lord, we uh, yield and we surrender our hearts and our minds and our wills to you, even right now. Would you speak? We're listening, and all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one strong voice. You may be seated. Isaac is probably 12 to 15 years old. Different commentators make their case. Uh, I'll go in between. He's 13 or 14, okay? Uh, and uh, he's just about that age where he's about to get his... Uh, donkey permit license, and the Lord asked Abraham to do a wild and crazy thing. This is wild. Abraham, uh, yes, Lord, take your son, your only son, you know, the one you love so much, yep, uh, I want you to take him and go to this mountain, Moriah, and sacrifice him. Uh, what in the world are you talking about, Lord? Really? He's the child of promise? He's the one we had to wait all those years for? I was 100 years old. It was the miracle baby. Really, Lord? But I love the fact, look at verse 3, Genesis 22. Abraham doesn't argue, doesn't question the Lord's plan. He's up early, it says. I think that's telling us Abraham was quick to obey because delayed obedience is what? Yeah, we learned that with Jacob when he delayed going on to Bethel. And uh, delayed obedience is disobedience. Verse 5, here's what he says to the servants. Abraham says, stay here with the donkey. Laughter and I, we are going to worship. And we will come back. Did you notice? He's, he's confident we're going and we're coming back, servants, so you just stay right here. Now, the New Testament writer of Hebrews 
tells us what Abraham was thinking. And if you go to Hebrews 11, 17, and 19, that's your homework, okay? Uh, explains that Abraham reasoned this way. Even if I wind up killing my son, the Lord has already told me that this child is the child of promise. So even if I kill him, somehow God's going to raise him from the dead because he's already promised, and I know God always comes through with his promises. And I think he was thinking if he could empower a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman to have a baby, he, he could raise this child from the dead if, if he has me kill him. Um, and, and I just wonder how often the Lord asks us to do things that we don't like, that we don't understand, and we refuse to obey. How often is the Lord saying things for us, here's what I want you to do, and I don't understand it, and I don't like it, so I refuse to cooperate. Do you wonder what the Lord wants and desires to do in and through us? Do you wonder about us as a church? What is it the Lord wants us to be all about? And here, here's my plan, and we're saying, I, I don't understand it, and I don't like it, I don't think I'm going there, and therefore we short-circuit the awesome stuff that God has in mind for us, his people. Uh, Isaac is carrying wood up the mountain now. Uh, and as he carries wood up the mountain, um, he's old enough to carry wood. Uh, I don't know if he's 12, 13, 14, 15, but he's strong enough, he's spry enough to carry his, uh, his altar wood. And Isaac, verse 7, asks a great question. What's the question? Um, I've got the wood, Dad, and you've got the lantern. Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? And verse 8 is Abraham's faith-filled answer. Laughter, uh, God himself will provide the lamb. Laughter, I, I don't know exactly where it is, but God's going to provide um, and now slide down to verse 9. That's where this slide comes in. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there, arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Verse 10, Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, I personally think this is Jesus himself showing up here, uh, says, Abram, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Verse 12, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. Verse 13, Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14, so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Isn't that a good? That's a good name for that place. The Lord's going to provide. And to this day, it said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Verse 16, I swear by myself, I think that's Jesus saying that, because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son. Verse 17, I'll surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. I think Jesus shows up and says, you know what, Abraham? All the earth is going to be blessed through you. 
the entire earth. All your descendants, Abraham, are going to be a blessing to the entire world. And the test that the Lord gave Abraham was hard. I, I think this is like the hardest test you could give anybody. And, and yet, uh, Abraham passed the test. What was the test? Um, Abraham, do you love me more or do you love your son Isaac more than me? Um, Abraham, are you willing to obey right away even when you don't understand? Abraham, are you willing to obey even when you don't like what I've asked you to do? Verse 9, I love Abraham willing, lifting the knife, ready to obey. Lord, I'm not holding anything back from you. Lord, not even my most loved gift, my son Isaac. Now, that all by itself is amazing, but I just want to show you there's a truth embedded here that, that is, is amazing and awesome, okay? This is Jesus. This is awesome stuff. 2,080 years later, the very same mountain. How do you know that? Second Chronicles, I have the reference here. Second Chronicles 3 and verse 1 tells us that Mount Moriah is the city of Jerusalem. Tracking with me? So, so where did this test occur? Um, on the mountain that we know as the city of Jerusalem, uh, 2,080 years later, on that very same mountain, here's how John says it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his one and only son. So 2,080 years later, God the Father sent God the Son, and this time there was no ram caught in the thicket. This time there was not going to be a substitute. This time Jesus the sinless Lamb of God would be sacrificed on the cross. Jesus would die on that cross to redeem the entire world in and through Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross. See, Genesis 22 points to the ultimate solution to get the world back to a place where they could know God and, and he could know them and they could know him and they could have a personal relationship. And it's all about Jesus taking our place on the cross, Jesus taking our place in shedding his blood for our sin problem, Jesus taking our place in the tomb, and early on Sunday morning, Jesus arising from the dead, defeating sin and Satan and death. Um, what was the Lord looking for when he chose the very first couple, when he chose the first man to be the patriarch the founder, the father of his chosen people? Because he chose a pretty old and ordinary and weak man, pretty old and ordinary and weak couple. What was he looking for? Ready? Yeah, we're going to say that just a second. He was looking for someone willing to obey. He was looking for someone who'd say, even when it doesn't make sense, um, I'm 75 and you want my wife and I, we've lived here all 75 years. This is all we've ever known. And pick up and take all of our stuff and move where? I'll show you. You just obey. Um, 
you want me to take my son on a three-day journey, and you want me to go up on the mountain, and you want me to sacrifice the child of promise? The Lord will provide the lamb. Can I, can I submit to you? But that's the same thing the Lord's still looking for today. This, this was like uh, 4,000 years ago. But the Lord is still looking for that very same quality today. He, he looked for it back then, and now he's, he's looking for it today. And you need to understand, everything of value needs to be tested. Anything that's important to us, we say, well, I want that tested. I, I want to make sure it, it's good and it works. And the Lord is saying, okay, you say you believe in me. You say you believe in the cross. You say you have faith. You say you're a part of my team. Now I want you to prove it. And he's looking for that faith that says, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to obey you even if I don't like it, even if it doesn't make sense. Jesus, I surrender. I'm willing to yield everything to you. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Did you know that? Without faith, you can't please God. Faith is trusting, believing, acting on what Jesus has made clear to us through his word. Even if I don't understand it, even if I don't like it. Here's my question. The Lord's looking for that same quality today in us. Are you willing to say, you name it, Lord. You, you, you tell me, make it clear through your word and through your spirit in me. You name it. I'm your man. I'm your woman. I'm in. That's what he was looking for when he wanted th this founder of his nation. That's what he's looking for today. To accomplish amazing and powerful things today in and through his church. Here's, here's what haunted D.L. Moody. Uh, his friend said this to him, The world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through a man who's fully and wholly yielded to him. The world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through a man who's fully and wholly yielded to him. Is that you? Is that me? Bow your heads. Touch your eyes. Got a few questions to ask you as we pause. Do you love Jesus? Or do you love your family more? It's kind of what he was asking. Do you, love, do you love me more or do you love your son Isaac more? Do you love Jesus or do you love your job more? Do you love Jesus or do you love your house? Your car? your boat. You can insert your favorite thing, your phone more. Do you love Jesus or do you like being liked more? Do you like being a part of the in crowd more? 
what Jesus was looking for in the founder of his chosen people was, I'm all yours. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm plain. I'm ordinary. I'm weak. But I'm fully yielded and surrendered to you, Lord. Whatever you say, if I don't like it, but I don't understand it, I'm still ready to obey. There's this uh, old hymn. It says, All to Jesus I surrender. All to him, Jesus, I freely give. I'll ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender how much? All. I surrender all. All to you, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. And if that's you today, um, I'd just like you to just kind of whisper this, this old hymn as a, as a prayer of dedication, as a, as a prayer of offering. That, that's my heart. Lord, that, that's where I'm at. This is where I'm going to start each day this coming week. Lord, use me today. I'm yours. I surrender. You name it. I'm in. Let's whisper that as we uh, sing that as a prayer. If, if you mean it, sing it. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. just telling you when you finally are to that place where you're going to say Lord I'm totally yield whatever it is you want me to be about use me and that's a daily thing in your presence daily I just want to close by asking if you're in if you're all in would you just let the Lord know with your body I'm all in 
hold your hand up to him and say, Lord, just, just want you to know, see this hand, I'm all in. Use me. I, I'm ready. There might be some things I don't understand that are clear you want me to do, things I don't particularly like. I'm yours. I'm all in. I'm all in. Lord, use us. Use your church today, tomorrow, Tuesday, all week long, Lord. We're all in. Would you stand with me? Let's, uh, let's worship in closing in song.